Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. What's going on? Welcome back. Did you miss us? It is July 8th, and we are back from a long weekend. Unless, of course, you watched our video show on CBS Sports HQ on Sunday. I hope you did. Fantasy Baseball today, 3 to 6 p.m. On Sundays, that's Eastern Time, the best time zone. I'm Adam Azer. He is Heath Cummings. Heath, well, welcome back, Heath. Uh, how was your uh, extended break? It, it seems really weird for you to be doing this whole we've been gone for a long thing, time thing time thing when I talked to you like 15 hours ago. Yeah. In this same room. Yeah. On camera, right. on, like everybody yeah. watches us on CBS Sports HQ. Everyone well, saw us. Yeah. Yesterday afternoon. It's just, you know, it's a different feel because I'm not in the I'm in a different room than I was yesterday for HQ. So uh, but I didn't you know, here's the thing about HQ. Like, I love doing the show, but I don't really get a chance to ask you how your week was. You know, I don't get to I don't get to learn uh, more was, about Heath the person. Fourth of July was awesome. We went to the beach about 1130 in the morning. We were there until about 1130 at night. Um, As lots promised. Of fireworks and live music and beers and things like that. Uh, my parents are in town this weekend, so lots of lots of fun. Hey, Everything was great. My parents are in town too. How cool! Wow, is that? that's yeah. that's fantastic. Yesterday, I grilled about a hundred and fifty hamburgers and hot dogs. Wow, that's uh, that's impressive. I made twelve hot dogs over the weekend and four hamburgers, so I'm a little behind, but. I did follow fantasy baseball. We've got some players for you to add. We've got some players for you to drop. We're going to look at the most added list. And let's, uh, let's kick it off with one hitter to add. Heath, who would be the hitter to add? I'm going to give you two, Adam. Okay. I'm just going to fall, ex- exceed your expectations. Number one, Danny Jansen at 52% owned. You re- we got a lot of emails about him. You all tweeted us. When can I drop Danny Jansen? He was one of the worst hitters in all of baseball for the first two months of the season. He's also a catcher and someone we had ranked in the consensus top 12 coming into the year. He's been absolutely in fuego for the last 10 days. Was it by far and away the number one catcher scored twice as many points as most catchers this past week. And he's the number three catcher over the last 28 days. So I fully expect that he's just figured things out. We've talked about how sometimes it takes catchers just a little bit longer because they have so many responsibilities that don't include hitting the baseball. And then also somebody we just haven't talked about long for too long, Ramon Laureano. He's now played 139 games in the major leagues, 21 home runs, 17 stolen bases. He's red hot again. I wouldn't be too surprised if he moves up in the order a little bit more. He's been hitting fifth or sixth, which is at least better than where he was earlier in the season. Ramon Laureano is 60% owned, and over the last 40, his last 48 games, a long time now, he's the number 13 outfielder in points leagues. Number seven in Roto. We're going to talk a little bit about lessons learned. First half lessons learned. But, but I guess we could just go right to mine. Uh, plate discipline doesn't seem to matter anymore, Heath. It used to be one of the most important things for evaluating hitters. I've talked about this before, but Loriano's a great example. His plate discipline's terrible. He has 18 walks and 96 strikeouts. Usually this is not someone we'd be excited about. But I guess maybe it's just all the home runs have rendered plate discipline a, a little bit less useful. 
Um, so in those 48 games, again, 13th in points, 7th in Roto. He's going to be better in Roto because that plate discipline drags Loriano down in points leagues a little bit. Uh, I shouldn't say drags him down to the 13th best outfielder in that stretch. Um, 302 batting average, 11 home runs and 7 steals, 8 walks to 47 strikeouts. But it is weird uh, that you know he strikes out so much he barely walks, and he's thriving right now. Uh, wh- what do you make of that? Well, I think it does help if you have both power and speed. Like if it's hard to have bad plate discipline without having either elite power, elite speed, or both power and speed. And he's got both. So I, I think he's a legit 2020 guy. Also, I, I do think plate discipline still matters in the evaluation of players. It's just that kind of like with pitchers as well, what is normal has changed which means really bad. I think if you if I'm, you're telling me that he's a really bad guy in terms of strikeouts, he's got to be like thirty percent. Uh, he's Ro- he's really, twenty seven percent. League average this year is twenty three percent. Just just a couple years ago, it was twenty percent. But he's really bad, I think, in terms of walk to strikeout ratio because he doesn't walk much. Yeah, and, walk, and walk rate hasn't really changed a whole lot. It's eight point five, just like it was last year, just like it was in two thousand seventeen. Okay. But, I mean, when you oh, fine. So then when you look at Loriano, 18 walks to 96 strikeouts, how would you describe that plate discipline? Just generally speaking, that kind of it's ratio. It's bad. I don't think it's terrible okay. in today's environment. All right, Danny Jansen. Uh, and so let's talk about plate discipline. He has the longest active streak, 45 straight plate appearances without a strikeout. Longest active streak in baseball. But the weird thing, Heath, is Danny Jansen is not walking. He has... He has drawn one walk in his last 14 games. So he is not striking out, but <laughs> he is Well, I think that kind of makes sense, though, if you think about it, because until the last two weeks, pitchers looked at the scouting report and said, okay, you get to Dan Jansen, he's the worst hitter in baseball, just don't walk him. Like, Maybe. He, he can't hit anything, just throw him strikes. So not, he's, not getting, he's just getting strikes, and so he's hitting them. Yeah, maybe. It's, uh, okay. So, I, you know what? Like, I gotta tell you, you know, you know the catcher I love, right? Always. You're going to say Carson Kelly. I think the problem for Carson Kelly is I wouldn't expect him to play as much as. Danny I was about Jansen. to say. I think I got to go with Danny Jansen right now because since Avila got back, they're alternating games. It's yep. You know, it must be a defensive thing, but I it drives me crazy because Carson Kelly is is having a great season at the plate, great season. But he's played he's every good. other game. He's played three out of seven games since Avila came back. So it's, it's well, and to watch. like let's give Alex Avila some credit. He's got a 900 OPS. Did not even realize that. Did not realize that. All right, so that's another strike against Carson Kelly, I guess. Uh, pitcher to add. Pitcher to add. I'm going to go with Dylan Cease. And when he was called up before he made that start, there was some questioning. Why are we so excited? Why are you guys excited about Dylan Cease? And I may have been the most excited, and it was just because. For one thing, his ERA in AAA was like a run and a half higher than his FIP. He has a little bit of control problems, but that doesn't bother me as much in young pitchers when you have the high upside of the ability to miss bats. Now, we've seen that go the wrong way with a couple of guys that got hurt and Carlos Rodon, Danny Salazar. We've also seen it go the right way with somebody like Blake Snell who just turned into one of the best pitchers in baseball once he figured out the control stuff. The upside for Cease... There's just not that many leagues that I wouldn't want to have that on my bench, just to make sure. Because I do think if, if he figures things out, and he really, in his first start, 
the control problems were really just the first inning. I think three of his four walks were in the first inning, right? Yes. Yes. Dylan Cease is 62% on. I'm surprised by that. I feel like people were sleeping a little bit on this. I I understand the line wasn't very good at the end of the day. Five innings, four hits, three runs, four walks, six strikeouts against Detroit. But uh, as as gaga as people go over pitching prospects, as I mentioned last week, we're more or less out of pitching prospects. This this might be the last guy with immense upside, uh, at least until Lazardo, if he comes back at all. Um, Right. I agree. I, I'm surprised he's only 62% owned if Dylan sees. Should be higher. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I have not been making a lot of ad drops lately, but those are certainly guys that I would be looking at. Um, I, I keep seeing what Wade LeBlanc is doing in a relief role, and he, you know, and he had another low strikeout rate, but six and two thirds, one run. It's pretty crazy. He's 12% owned, so. I haven't picked him up, but I think some people probably should. Only twelve percent own. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I I, I, I think, think Pineda who, deserves some yeah, too. That, He's sixty-one percent owned. That's the guy. So Pineda, Sonny Gray. Uh, he's about eighty percent owned. We'll we'll get to those guys. But Pineda's interesting because we talked about him on HQ yesterday, and 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 if he really is throwing a changeup more, because he was really a two-pitch pitcher with with the Yankees and the Twins, fast or the Mariners, fastball, um, slider. And made a lot of mistakes and hit a lot of balls left to park. But if he could throw that change up, then that could really be a game changer for Michael Pineda, who's on a nice little run here. Uh, later in the show, we're going to talk about some struggling guys like Noah Syndergaard and Zach Wheeler. And Matthew Boyd, is he struggling? Well, his strikeout rate's through the roof, but the home run rate is through the roof as well. So he's interesting. Uh, Ross Stripling with kind of a disappointing start, although Dave Roberts said he pitched well. Got a little unlucky yesterday. Um Anthony DiScafani will probably talk about it. I want to read some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. But the hitters and pitchers that we've spotlighted so far, Danny Jansen, Ramon Laureano, and Dylan Cease. News and notes. So Carlos Carrasco, we now learn he has leukemia. Seems like he's doing well in his fight against leukemia, and he still plans on pitching this season. He, I think he, he or someone said something about July. Uh, I, I don't know. Should we hang on to Carlos Carrasco right now in, in, in our fantasy leagues? As long as he says that he's planning on coming back this year, I'm trying to hang on to him. Jose Alvarado could be out two to six weeks with an oblique strain. Rays relief pitcher, uh, Jose Alvarado. And they will get Diego Castillo back right after the break. So Pagan got a save over the weekend, but Castillo, maybe he gets some saves for a little while. Jake Arrieta has a bone spur in his elbow. You know, his last seven starts, Arrieta has a 663 ERA. Bone spur or not, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a stretch like that because we just don't really think he's that good. But he might be affected by this injury. Uh, Jonathan Lucroy was carted off the field yesterday after a scary collision with Jake Marisnik, which, uh, you know, I'm hesitant to throw the word dirty around, but that was it was an illegal play. He should not. I have wouldn't done say that. it was dirty. It was definitely ill-advised. Well, it was illegal. You're not allowed to do that. You're allowed to hit the catcher, but you're not allowed to go out of your way to hit the catcher. If the catcher's standing on home plate. And you have nowhere right. to go, you can hit him. But he kind of bounced over to his left. Just slide. Just slide. Yeah, but he, he wanted to crush Lucroy, and he did. Um, Milwaukee promoted Mauricio Dubon. Dubon. Uh, and I think, I'm going to look it up. Mauricio Dubon, Honduras. I believe he is the first. Yeah, he is the first major leaguer who was born and raised in Honduras. 
milestone. That's very moment. cool. Yeah. He he has been very good in the minor leagues. It's all been in the PCL, so it's kind of hard to tell what it means. But in 168 games in AAA, a 2020 guy with a 300 average, I don't think there's enough room for him to play regularly. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But that's Mauricio Dubon. So uh, a historic day for Honduras. Good stuff. CJ Crohn's on the IL with a thumb injury. Austin Meadows, ugh. he sat two days in a row, both against lefties. He had faced the previous two left-handed starters, but obviously he's cold and now uh, has taken a little bit of a breather. Would you drop Austin Meadows for Ramon Laureano? I don't think I'd go quite that far. They are definitely moving in opposite directions towards each other. <laughs> but in my rankings, I'll do a rankings update today, but uh, I don't believe Meadows will get behind Laureano. Yeah, yeah. I just—it's funny because some people are like you don't have a choice. <laughs> you you have to you have to make those decisions right now. You have to start dropping good players with long-term upside if you are fighting for your playoff lives or something. Yeah, like I just—I think I'd still rather start Meadows this week, next week than I would Loriano. Okay. Okay. Nick Senzel sprained his ankle, which really needs to be watched. This was on Sunday, so we you know we don't know the severity right now. But he missed a lot of time at the beginning of the season with a sprained ankle. Nick Senzel. Justin Upton expected back after the All-Star break. Hunter Pence won't be ready right after the All-Star break, but hopefully not long after. Madison Bumgarner, he left after being hit by a pitch, uh, hit by a comebacker, I believe, on the elbow. And he should be able to make a start on Saturday. Kyle Gibson pitched only one inning on Sunday. That was as planned to give him an inning uh, to kind of bridge the gap between a long break between starts for Kyle Gibson. Max Kepler has been playing through a knee injury, and Christian Yelich is out of the home run derby, Heath. Really wanted to see that, but he has a back issue, and he doesn't think he'd be able to do all those swings. But he said he's going to play in the All-Star game. But I want to be honest, I'm not going to watch the home run derby tonight. Tonight's my anniversary, so I'll be going out. Not watching, not making my wife watch the home run derby. But uh, I would definitely watch it. You will watch it? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, Josh Bell's going to win, right? I will probably not like we will have a little draft at our house where we'll all pick a oh. couple of players so we That's have fun. somebody to cheer for. That's um, Josh Bell will not be early on my draft board. I don't anticipate. Do you like the home run derby? It's it's mostly fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I don't really enjoy it anymore. But I watched like the slam dunk contest. That was my next question. Do you like the slam dunk yeah. contest? Yeah, I like that. I like I like the three point contest. I like the three point like contest. Okay. Yeah, whatever. They're fine. Hey, would you trade? I'm I'm thinking of offering this. Would you trade Mike Trout for Max Scherzer in a roto league? No, no, I would not. <laughs> what if you needed pitching more than hitting? I yeah. Um, I mean, I I'm not gonna say you're dumb for doing it. I just would not. Uh, you know, I. Our our roto league Memorial Magazine like there's no chance I'm winning no chance right your season's over anyway so you can do whatever you want right but why don't you trade Mike Trout to me but the guy the guy who owns Scherzer's in first place so I I like I think that at this point I'm gonna look at Max Scherzer okay let's see his last t- uh, nine starts he has a point eight four ERA he mm-hmm. has ninety four strikeouts in sixty four innings. And I can't even calculate the whip, but it's microscopic. I, I think he might be the most valuable player in fantasy going forward, given given pitching and the state of I'm pitching. I'm just saying if you're going to trade the best player in baseball, 
and you're out of contention, I would like you to trade him to me. I'm probably out of contention you're all, you, as well. You have like one more point than I do in that league, so we're both out of contention. Then yeah. we should make a trade. Everyone will love it. Well, who's your best pitcher? I have no idea. Yeah, well, you're not getting Trout for him. But, like, the reason you take Trout over Scherzer, I think, in drafts is there's, like, a safety factor that Mike Trout is, you know, he's... Whether he's the best fantasy player or not, he's the best player in baseball pretty much every year. At least, yeah, he he's the best player in baseball, right? So, but Scherzer, he's older, he's a pitcher, pitchers get hurt, all that stuff. But now, like, we know he's he's fine, even though he's skipping the All-Star game. He's been playing a little beat up, whatever. He's amazing. I think there's a case to be made that if we were redrafting today, Max Scherzer should be the number one player taken. I think my best pitcher is Shane Bieber. Oh, okay, I'll give you Trout for Bieber. I'll give yep. you. I'll give you. Altu- no, I got Hyunjin Ryu. I'll give you Altuve for Bieber. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's a that's a fun trade. Altuve fun for trade. Bieber. It think, is a fun trade. I, I need to see where I'm at in the standings in terms of pitching and hitting. All right, you think about it. You think about it. Um, all right, let's take a quick break here. Everybody uh, at home, think about uh, Altuve or Bieber. Who would you rather have? Uh, we'll take a break on fantasy baseball today. When we come back, first half lessons learned and some bullpen stuff. Uh, bullpen stuff's pretty interesting, actually. Some hitters, some pitchers to know about, and your emails, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We'll be right back. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you, let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Lessons learned in the first half. All right, we talked about this on HQ yesterday. So, Heath, uh, what you said was pretty interesting about age, and it doesn't really seem to matter for starting pitchers, does it? Not so much this season, at least. The top three starting pitchers in fantasy baseball so far, all 34 years old or older, Verlander, Scherzer, and Grinke, eight of the top ten starters on the wrong side of 30. I, maybe it's something about needing to be a little bit crafty to survive in this juiced ball era, but there are not a lot of young pitchers in the top 10. It's kind of interesting from a dynasty outlook, you know? Right, like like when would you take Max Scherzer in a startup dynasty league? Well, and if I, th- I think if you think about it and you think about the prospects that have come up that have been starting pitchers, they've struggled a lot more out of the gate than the than the hitters have. I I I got to think Scherzer's probably got 3 years of dominance left and so I wouldn't have any problem taking him in the second round. He is going to be 35 years old in a couple of weeks. So, I think you, you know, and that brings us to Chris's lesson, what you just said about hitters coming up and having more success. Chris said that the the juiced ball is making this job 
harder than ever, right? Was that basically what he said? Yes. I, I agree. And I think when it's going to be really hard is next year when we're doing our preseason rankings. It's gonna we be don't a- know what ball they're going to use. Exactly. And, and even if they tell us they're changing the ball, we don't know what kind of effect that's going to have. So evaluating these power breakouts is just going to be really a tell Marte. You know, it's just going to be really difficult. But, yeah, obviously, I mean, it's easier for a hitter to come up and be good than a pitcher. Um, maybe just being older and, and being wiser, right, you know, is kind of kind of helpful here. My lesson learned was about plate discipline. We already talked about that. Actually, the lesson learned that I gave yesterday was about the sophomore slump. The sophomore slump is real. But the pri- So I looked at Rafael Devers, Cody Bellinger, and Luis Castillo as three guys who had the sophomore slump. I, don't I thought th- it was interesting that you chose guys that were bad last year and ignored the sophomores that are just awesome this year. Well, that's the thing. There hasn't been a sophomore slump this year. And so why would your lesson from this year be that sophomore no, it, slumps are real? The sophomore when, like, slump— these sophomores- Ronald Acuna is, is not having a sophomore no, it, slump. No, that's the thing. It's not the sophomore slump isn't required, but it happens, and it could even if there, okay. If a sophomore has a great season, then he just that he's just great. If a sophomore had a bad season, then it was just a sophomore slump. That's all. That's that's the lesson here. Okay, now I get it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good. I'm glad you understand. Also, I am so excited to call out Heath for this because this is just terrific. So um, yesterday okay. we did. On HQ on the show, which is really I really should watch it. It's very fun. Um, we did MVP fantasy MVP for the first half. So huh? Heath just decided to take the player who scored the most fantasy points among Seems hitters. Seems like pitchers. that player would be the most valuable player. The most now Chris and I determined that the most valuable player should probably uh, include some draft value as well, right? And I like, was I was okay with that on the on the because that because the word value was in that award. But when you started trying to make that case for the Cy Young award for pitchers, I didn't get it at all. Well, because it's a fantasy award, the fantasy Cy Young award winner should include the a one who draft the value. most points. So so Heath just went with the highest scoring player, which was Justin Verlander. Chris went with Hyunjin Ryu, which is the best pick. And I went with Charlie Morton because Chris had already taken Hyunjin Ryu. But this is where it gets fun. Heath must have submitted his answer on Friday. Because now if you look at the fantasy points, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander are tied for the most fantasy points among starting pitchers. And Scherzer has been slightly better in our Roto format. He is the number five overall player, and Verlander is the number seven overall player. So I'm just glad you figured that I out can, now. Now I can call you out. Not during the show. <laughs> yes. Now I can Max call Scherzer you out. Max Scherzer is my Cy Young winner now. He, there we uh, go. he came back on Saturday night and uh, took the award. There we go. Okay. Then, you know what? Now I'm satisfied. Uh, the most added players in CBS Sports Leagues, and it's been a while since we've talked we talked about this. Uh, we haven't really had a live podcast since Wednesday, so a lot has happened. Did Nelson Lamette? He is the number one most added player, and he is fifty two percent owned, as in Danny Jansen. Did Nelson Lamette? Pretty interesting debut. A lot of strikeouts. He faced the Dodgers. Let's see if I remember the line. I'm going to look up the line, but I'm going to guess it was five innings. That's correct. Three runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. With I think that's all correct. Six hits? Oh, three hits. Three hits. Oh, how about that? Okay, yeah. Hit so 52, 52% owned for a guy who had an outrageous strikeout rate as a rookie two seasons ago. What do you think about Lamette? 
I'm a little bit more skeptical than everyone else seems to be, but he is a starting pitcher who does have strikeout upside. So I'm not going to blame anyone for putting him on this list and adding him up to that percentage. I would rather have Dylan Cease, but there aren't any other pitchers. On, well, I'd rather have Sonny Gray. I'd rather have Michael Pineda. Most of the pitchers on this list I'd rather have than him, but they're all a little bit more owned than him, so it's okay. Yeah, and his first start was... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm... He's only had one start. I'm going to the next pitcher on the list. So that's to Nelson Lamette. Let's go to the next pitcher on the list. Oh, wait, I wanted to say one more thing about Lamette. Based on the Padres, how they've used their starting pitchers over the last few years, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of five-inning starts from Nelson Lamette. It's coming back from Tommy John. Does that make sense? Yeah, and based on how he's performed, I wouldn't be surprised if he gives up three runs in a lot of those five inning starts. But I do. I think he's going to strike out a ton of guys. So, well, I think he has a chance to anyway. So I get why he's the most added player. Uh, this, I think he could be like a poor man's Robbie Ray. Okay, yeah. Jose Urquidy is on the most added list, and it's time to drop him. Right? Dreadful start on Sunday against the Angels. He never got up to the level of ownership where I'd necessarily say that. Like, I, I have not heard for sure that the Astros are sending him back down. He still struck out a ton of guys. And his peripherals, like, it's really weird. Because, yes, he was a disaster. But he made a, an, at an outing at Coors Field. He got rocked by the Angels. And his peripherals look like a good starting pitcher. Yeah. So, I don't know if everyone's going to be back and ready, but I'm probably holding on to him in like a 15-team league. I'm definitely holding on to him in an AL-only league. So he probably deserves 20% ownership. He's 29 now, so a few people should drop him, but not many. Okay, so so obviously Brad Peacock needs to come back. But who else? I mean, I don't think they're putting Colin McHugh back in the rotation, so may, maybe your kitty can stick around. Uh, is, I... Does Framber have a chance? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think there's a chance Urquidy gets another start, and he is interesting. So okay. I, I would hold on to him in most of those leagues right. where he's owned. 28% owned. Andrew Kashner is 48% owned. Andrew Kashner has been pitching very well lately. Uh, let's see. So he seven innings of one run ball at Toronto. He had a 144 ERA in the four starts before that. Not a lot of strikeouts. Are you buying into Andrew Kashner at all? Nope, not at all. Um, this is, to me, less believable than what was going on with Zach Davies. Wow, okay. It's similar to what's going on with Brett Anderson. Uh, if, you're, if you're getting these points out of these starts and writing it, then I'm happy for you. I think it's going to end really, really poorly. It's about time we talk about Yuli Gurriel. He's now 84% owned. Where is he on? The, uh, 83% owned for Yuli Gurriel. For the season, he's a top 20 first baseman, 17th in points, 19th in Roto, but he's a number 12 third baseman in points, number 15 in Roto. Guriel is typically going to be a little bit better in points leagues because his strikeout rate is so low. But his last 11 games, he has a 15-16 OPS, batting 400 with nine home runs, and only a 265 Babbitt, by the way, because all the balls are leaving the park. Uh, Yuli Gurriel, 400 batting average, nine home runs in his last 11 games, only two strikeouts. This is the best stretch of his career. It has to be. And he's like, he, the, the both of the Gurriels are taking baseball by storm right now. 
the thing that's really hard for me to figure out with Yuli at least is like, yes, I know that he got off to a not great start. His launch angle is up, but virtually every other measurement, according to baseball servant is worse than it has been <laughs> for most of his career. His expected batting average is right at or worse than his expecting slugging percentage is worse. His expected Woba is worse. I, I think he's a fine corner infielder, and you could possibly use him as a utility when he's hot, but I, I don't think it's going to stick. I'll throw him in with Altuve. I have him in that. Altuve and uh, Guriel for Bieber. We're getting closer. All right, you, you, never, you might get five players for Bieber by the end of the show. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Yuli, the other thing about Yuli is that uh, two of the home runs, I believe, came at Coors Field, but whatever. It's still an amazing hot streak. But before this hot streak, like 12 games ago, he had like a 640 OPS or something like that. Terrible. So I guess he was due for some regression, but, boys, it's happening all at once. Sonny Gray and Michael Pineda are on the list. Plan on talking about them a little bit later. Alex Young, starting pitcher for Arizona, was removed with a no-hitter yesterday. And uh, his managers heard it from the fans for a long time. But six innings, no hits, one walk, three strikeouts against Colorado. And so far, so good for Alex Young, who's only 13% owned. He's a lefty for the Diamondbacks. Again, not a guy who strikes a lot of players out. But, you know, would you rather have Alex Young or Jose Urquidy? This one is so difficult because, like, we're talking about a guy who threw 54 innings in AAA this year with a 6.09 ERA, threw 80 innings in AAA last year with a 5.96 ERA. Right. And, yeah, the peripherals are a little better, but he was just awful at AAA. I I think I'd still rather have Urquidy. Okay. That's pretty much going to wrap it up for the most added list. Christian Vasquez. Like, uh, Christian Vasquez is a, is a top five catcher. He's 80% owned now. But, gosh, who saw this coming? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, any thoughts on Christian Vasquez? I, I'll throw him in the trade. I have him in that league. Altuve, Vasquez, and Gurriel for people. <laughs> wow. Wow, this is getting really, really interesting now. Um, yeah, I like you stammered and stumbled through Christian Vasquez. What I can say is the peripherals look pretty like he looks like an elite hitting catcher this okay. season. He never has at any other point in his career. So I, what I, what I, that's not necessarily that unsustainable for him to be a top six or seven catcher the rest of the way based on what he's done. It is still a small sample size compared to a career where he was a relatively mediocre hitter. Yeah. All right. So from the most added list to the bullpen, and I just want to confirm one thing. Last year, right, 2000, 2018, Edwin Diaz and Blake Trinan, yeah, they were the top two closers by like a mile. Edwin Diaz was nearly 50 fantasy points better than Blake Trinan. And Blake Trinan was about 60 fantasy points than number three, Craig Kimbrell. The two of them combined for, quick math here, 96 saves, 95 saves. Um, are, are Edwin Diaz and Blake Trinan both going to lose their jobs? <laughs> I don't think Blake Trinan's going to lose his job. I don't think either of them are going to lose their job. I do think this is, and I'm not tooting my own horn here, this is a good reminder, though, that when a reliever, I mean, another guy, the Rangers, Leclerc. Yeah. When a guy 
has a year that is just so much better than what he's done in the past, and he's a reliever, and you're talking about it with 60 or 70 innings, just remember that's like a third of a season for a starting pitcher. And we don't change every opinion we ever had of the guy over that third of a season. But who so, are you referring to, Trinan, Diaz, or both? Because I don't think that applies to Diaz, personally. I don't, like, Diaz is a little bit differently. He was mostly just that good because he got 175 saves last year. I didn't chase Diaz because of the save total. I know that's pretty hard to predict. But Edwin Diaz, he really looked like he was becoming the, the new, like, best reliever in baseball. You know, his strikeout rate is, is exceptional. 17 walks to 124 strikeouts last year. And it's two out of three seasons because as a rookie in 2016, he was he was outstanding. In 2017, he got off to a bad start, but his last 50 appearances, he was great again. So I, I really felt like Edwin Diaz was just the new Kimbrell, Jansen, Chapman. Like, I just thought he was great, you know? I, I understand that you felt that way, and I'm not saying it's totally wrong and I don't it, I think he's good still I'm not saying he's bad but I will say that 2018 his ERA was eight tenths of a run lower than it ever been even than his rookie year 2018 his whip was below 0.8 it had been 1.16 or 1.15 the two years before that so like it was entirely different than what we had seen from Edwin Diaz in the past and it was 73 innings right but two of his three seasons, Edwin Diaz had struck out more than 15 batters per nine. So like, yes. e- so even if he had like a 250 ERA he's, this he's year. He struck out almost 15 batters per nine this season. Yeah. So, so what's interesting about Diaz, <laughs> that, well, see, that's, that's great. And his control hasn't been the same. I, I think he's probably fine. Just he threw, he got a save on Saturday. He threw exclusively fastballs. So that's, I think, 15 pitches all fastballs. So I, I think he's just having trouble locating his slider. But Mickey Callaway actually talked about removing him from the closer's role. I think if that happened, it would be temporary. And you know who they said might get saves? Steven Matz. So again, yeah, I think I think Diaz is their best option. Seth Lugo maybe has been their best reliever. Um, but I, I I do think that it was justifiable to take Edwin Diaz with the first as the first closer. I, I really it may have been justifiable to take him as the first closer. I mean, it sure doesn't seem like it was now, um, no, but it was never bad. justifiable to take him a round and a half, two rounds before any other closer. And that's where he was going. Yeah. I think what was interesting about it was like, who, who were the next best closers? All of them had question marks. It was a weird Henley year. Jansen. Yeah. Question marks. A role. Um, Brad hand. Roberto well, but Zuna. not, not in ADP. Okay. Well, they should have been, you can say that now. Yeah. I know you like both of those guys quite a bit. But Jansen and Chapman and Kimbrell deserved, based on their careers and what they have been doing, they deserve right. to be the next guys off the I board. Think, but all of like, them I think Brad Hand's marks. in a different category than Trinan Diaz or Jose Leclerc because Brad Hand's been awesome for three years in a row. Brad Hand's he clearly just a, a stud. He's clearly a stud. There's no question. Uh, who, who's your If you're drafting again today, who's the first closer off the board? Um, I think it might be hand. I got a rankings update today, so I'll tell you tomorrow. Off the top of my head, I would have to say hand, hand, Ozuna, Chapman, Jansen. I I can't put Will Smith there because he's going to get traded. 
I I think you like the first relief pitcher off the eligible player is Woodruff. Yeah, they, right. Kirby, I've got Kirby Woodruff, Yates, Jansen, Hand, Yates right now. Yeah, and then Kirby, Chapman. Kirby Yates actually has outscored Brandon Woodruff. Right now, the top five. Oh, Josh Hader, forgot about him. The top five in points leagues are Yates, Woodruff, Will Smith, Brad Hand, Josh Hader. Where's Ozuna? He's like tenth. He only has nineteen saves. Kirby Yates has thirty. How about that? All right, well, uh, he's got to pitch for a better team. It's a fun. It's, uh, Liam Hendricks, though. Like, do you think Liam Hendricks needs to be added right now? I own Liam Hendricks in a couple of categories leagues. Uh, if you're in a categories league, I, the problem is I don't know how much longer it's going to be before Trinan's ready to just take the job back. And I think it is Trinan's job. It is, but Trinan's been really bad. You should bad. have added him two weeks ago. He's been really bad, though. Blake Trinan. Trinan? Yeah. He's been, yeah. He was bad in his rehab outing. In his outings, he was bad coming back. I don't know that he's right. So I, I think Kirby Yates is perfectly fine to, to own right now, but you have to do it with the thought that he's not. You mean Liam Hendricks. Who did I say? Kirby Yates. Oh. I think Kirby Yates is perfectly fine to at, own right now as well. Yeah, sorry. I was looking at the standings. Yes, Liam Hendricks. Uh, but obviously he might not keep that job. Okay, hitters. Let's see the hitters I want to talk about here. Talked about Gurriel. How about Yasiel Puig? Yasiel Puig certainly bounced back. Last 23 games, he's batting 390 with nine home runs and four steals. He has the worst plate discipline of his career. But remember uh remember we said, "Hey, who's going to who's got the best chance of bouncing back? Puig or Votto?" And I said Puig because of track record. You guys laughed at me. But who's Well, la- it was, it was a dumb out? argument. It was it was um, a great argument, but, but it's poorly stated. I do think I do think Puig has bounced back more. No question about um, but, it. Both have been better than they were at that point, for sure. Yeah, Votto's been better, but, but he's really just still not hitting for a lot of power. And obviously, he doesn't steal. I mean, Puig gets that OPS over 800. We'll really have to take him seriously. Hey, he's the number 14 outfielder in Roto. He's That's number, amazing. He's number 28 in points. But in Roto, he's much better because, again, the plate discipline. But 20 home runs and 13 steals at the All-Star break. That's pretty good. Uh, Chance Cisco has started four of the last five games. Chance Cisco or Danny Jansen? I'll take Jansen. Chance Cisco or Carson Kelly? I'll take Kelly. Matt Olson is crushing it. He's eighty percent owned. I think we've seen now he's settling in as like a two fifty hitter. Uh, yeah. But here is his slugging percentage in three seasons with very similar batting averages. Matt Olson slugging percentage six fifty one, four fifty three. And now it's right in the middle, five sixty-five. Yeah, I think he's an eight fifty-ish OPS guy, maybe a little higher with like over a full season. And, and that's the interesting thing is, is last year he only hit twenty-nine and played one hundred and sixty-two games. You look at his other two seasons, and he's got forty-three home runs and one hundred and seventeen games. Wow. So I, I think he's more of a 40-45 homer guy. I think he's got a little bit of uh, Joey Gallo potential in him without quite as many strikeouts. Would you rather have Matt Olson or Luke Voigt? Olson. Really? Okay. Olson or a little higher then? Um, Carlos Santana. Santana. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Heath. Three more hitters, yep. real quick. I'm going to throw a match here. Jamer Candelario went down to the minors, hit well since being recalled. J- 
Jamer Candelario has an 1160 OPS, four home runs, and a 350 batting average since June 26th. Any interest in Jamer? Not really. Any interest in Evan Longoria? He batted 429 with five home runs last week. No. I would rather have Longoria in my lineup than Jamer Candelario. Any interest in Jose Martinez, 39% owned, playing every day for the Cardinals? Yeah, yeah. That's all he needs is to play every day. I wish he would get traded to an American League team so he didn't have to go out in the field. But he all he does is hit. He needs to be in a major league team's lineup every day. And he needs. And if that happens, he needs to be in a fantasy lineup every day. The power hasn't been quite as good this year as it was the two years before. Um, but I still think he's a borderline 300 hitter with a with an 800 OPS in most situations. One more quick break on fantasy baseball today, and then it's pitching, 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 and emails, emails, emails right after this. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on fantasy baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. So let's look at some of the best pitching performances from the last five days. Uh, Domingo Armand, I was pretty impressed with what he did coming back off the IL. And basically, when he's been healthy, he's been really, really good. When he's pitched through injury, he's been pretty terrible. Uh, Sonny Gray, we talked about a lot. I have a lot to say about Sonny Gray. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto for the Marlins, very good. 3-0 and with a 194 ERA, only, only 11 hits. In 29 innings, but 15 walks, 30 strikeouts. Michael Pineda, 55% owned. We talked about him a little bit earlier. And Dallas Keuchel, I say now's the time to sell Dallas Keuchel. I don't know if Heath agrees. But those are the guys that just kind of stood out to me. Domingo Armand, Sonny Gray, Jordan Jordan Yamamoto, Michael Pineda, and Dallas Keuchel. How would you rank them? I would rank them Herman Gray, Pineda... Keiko Yamamoto. This was a nice bounce back start for Yamamoto. Um, I, I'm not sure he's going to stick in the rotation when everyone's healthy, but and he has not really peripherally been as impressive as Alicia Hernandez. But they're going to have to get some guys healthy before that's really going to matter I also. And, and he's mostly been good in terms of actual production. When you talk about Eliezer Hernandez, do you not say his name properly because it has Azer in it and you're just trying to diss me? Uh, no, not that's not it at all. I, I, may, I may subconsciously have like an aversion to saying your name. Right, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think it's all subconscious, though. It's not that I'm thinking about being rude to you. It's just that I dislike you that much. <laughs> uh, okay, so 
talk to me about Sonny Gray. Because I, I understand that you just look at the, the, the raw numbers, strikeout rate, whip, ERA. Looks like he should be a really valuable pitcher. But he's he's outside the top 50 at starting pitcher because he, he has rarely pitched deep into games, and he's getting crushed third time through the lineup. Absolutely crushed. Uh, should be noted that in his most recent start, his best start of the season, eight scoreless with 12 strikeouts against Milwaukee, he did not throw a slider or a changeup. He threw his curveball 53% of the time, so he changed his pitch arsenal there. But, yeah, talk to me about Gray because that's somebody you spotlighted on our HQ show yesterday. Yeah, he has the highest strikeout rate of his career. He has the lowest FIP since his rookie season. Um, the innings are a little bit of a problem. He's not. He's been a little bit unlucky in terms of wins, but he is arguably the best version of himself that he has been. And I don't think there's any argument that he should be. 80, like he should be 95, 96% owned. Even a top 50 starting pitcher is somebody that needs to be owned. But do so. you see Sonny Gray as more like a top 30 starting pitcher going forward? No, I think he belongs in that. Like there, There's a pretty solid 35, 36, 37. I don't imagine when I do my rankings update he will crack my top 40, but he belongs in that 40 to 50 range. Okay. And then the worst of the last five days. Got two sections here. Tell me if you're starting to get a little worried about Justin Verlander, who has now allowed 28 home, uh, 26 home runs. And in his last six starts, Verlander has a 481 ERA and 12 home runs allowed. Chris Sale, he's very frustrated. His last three starts, 13 earned runs and 16 and two-thirds, and he says he just hasn't been good enough, Chris Sale. Noah Syndergaard, like when is it going to turn around for Syndergaard? 468 ERA right now, just under a strikeout per inning and the career-low swinging strike rate. And Zach Wheeler, just when it thought it was starting to turn around, and maybe it has, but it was a bad start on Sunday against the Phillies, six runs and five innings for Wheeler. The three previous starts were at the Cubs, at the Phillies, and home against the Yankees, and it was four earned runs and 19 and a third. So I'm, I'm mostly encouraged by Wheeler, and obviously he's, he's you know lower in the rankings than Verlander, Sale, and Syndergaard, but are you concerned about any of those four studs? I wish you had just inserted the Heath side drop here, and then we could get Scott White to come on for a special appearance and say, do we really have to act like oh. we're worried about these guys <laughs> every time they have a bad start? Uh, Verlander and Sale, I don't have any concern about. They're both top seven or eight starting pitchers for me for the rest of the season. C- Wheeler and Syndergaard are, are just not in that range right now, and that they're I'm not going to be surprised when they have a bad outing or two because they've had several of them. Yeah, but no. But, They're top well, 30 starting pitchers. Syndergaard's had several good outings. He's had a lot of bad ones, you know? Like, Syndergaard's having a bad year. Sorry to say it, but yes. Syndergaard's oh, having well, a bad I'm, year. Like, the, peripherally, like, not peripherally, but like production-wise, he and Wheeler have been almost identical this season. Yeah, Wheeler has um, 29 more strikeouts and a lot more innings uh, right 14 more innings, innings. Thir- 13 more innings okay um yeah but the thing so, is the yeah, expectations I, I, were different both right top 30 starting pitchers but i'm not dropping them any today no no but i mean look valuing zach wheeler as a top 30 pitcher is isn't a isn't news he was he's you know around 30th probably in adp valuing noah Syndergaard, who was top 15 in adp as a top 30 starting pitcher is big news it, you know is he just not going to be what we thought he was going to be? I, it does not feel like he is, no. Um, and again, it it can change with the, the blink of an eye, but Aaron Nola figured it out a few starts ago. 
right. and has just been one of the best pitchers in baseball for almost a month now. And I think Syndergaard could figure it out, but he's lost right now. The worst of the last five days, part two. Lucas Giolito got crushed by the Cubs, and, and really, when you look at it, it, it's just he just hasn't been very good against the tough teams, and he's faced them pretty much all consecutively. Um, so it's making me wonder a little bit about how good Giolito is. Uh, Mike uh, Matt Boyd, we talked about him earlier. Twelve home runs allowed in his last six starts with a 6.03 ERA, but also five walks to 54 strikeouts. Uh, Griffin Canning crushed over the weekend. Max Fried crushed by the Marlins. Yikes! Ross Stripling four and a third, four earned runs. I think two of them scored when a reliever gave up a home run. And Zach Plezak, 58% owned. He'll be back after a brief minor league stint, I believe. But I think he was having trouble gripping the ball as I was watching that game on 4th of July. He had he struggled in the third inning. He had to have the trainer come out and give him a towel. Because, it, you know, it's hot as hell. So it, but there are a lot of guys here. Giolito, Boyd, Griffin Canning, Max Fried, Stripling, and Plezak. Why don't we start with Giolito and Boyd, who, you know, are two of the primary breakouts this year. Do you have concerns about them going forward? I am concerned I moved Giolito into the top 15 a little too soon. I, I had kind of held off on moving Boyd up too much. He was in that 20 to 25 range, I think right behind Cindergard, but right ahead of Wheeler. Um, I, I'm a little bit worried that Giolito maybe deserves to be in that Cindergard range himself, maybe just a little bit ahead of that group. But uh, he, he may not quite be an ace yet. Uh, okay, and Boyd, you still the same rankings area? I, I'm just going to leave Boyd in the same spot. He's... He, he has the fourth best Sierra in all of baseball. He's been awesome. He got hit hard lately, but I'm not that worried about it. All right, so Griffin Canning, Max Fried, Ross Stripling, Zach Plezak. Your thoughts on that group? I don't think any of these guys are super must-own. I know Scott and I have kind of differed on Canning. There are some things that look very good about him. The swinging strikes, one of those things. But he just doesn't have very many good starts. He's got a lot more mediocre and bad starts. Um Stripling, I'm probably just going to keep running out there. I'd like it if he'd have a little bit more success. Um, kind of the same thing for Plezak. Freed, yeah. I'm really worried about. Plezak, though, you know you're not going to get strikeouts from him, so that that seems like a guy who doesn't have a ton of value right now. But he's also the lowest owned. Stripling, there was a ball that was lost in the sun. Uh, there was the, the bullpen giving up some runs that were charged to him. He hasn't gone deep into games yet. I'm wor- wondering what to do with Julio Arias right now. He pitched one inning yesterday. He's almost impossible to drop and impossible to use. <laughs> so, yeah. If he pitches three innings, then, you know, then I do see some roto value in him. Because right. he's scoreless almost every time. now. He's got a crazy streak going. I don't know, crazy. He's probably got about 18 scoreless innings in a row. And he strikes out about, about a batter per inning or so. Um, so he's good. You know, if you can get three scoreless in- three innings, one run... With three strikeouts in a week, that's not bad in a categories league. But if he, he, And I anticipate they're not going to use Arias as a one-inning guy going forward. Uh, all right, let's read some emails here at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This is from Andrew in Toronto. Rank these rookies rest of season. Austin Meadows, Austin Riley, Austin Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think this is different depending on format. It's categories, five by five. Categories. Ugh. I might go Meadows, Riley, Vlad. 
how can we not put right? Like I kept, you know, Austin Riley, sell high, sell high, sell high. Well, like he just keeps homering. <laughs> right, but he's been other than the homers, he's been pretty terrible. Has he? Oh yeah, wow. You're a- right. As of late, yeah. I'll, I'll pull up the numbers. Yeah, and, you're right. And you're right. He's been striking out just an absurd amount. I don't think anybody that sold high, like let's just go back to a random date <laughs> a few weeks ago. July July seventeenth. I was going June twenty third. July seventeenth is 17th. still 11, like ten days from June now. June seventeenth. I don't think he has any homers in that span. <laughs> no. Nor from June twenty third, he has a one sixty seven average, a forty percent strikeout rate, and a six sixty OPS. Okay. Yeah. All right. So good. Sell high. We were right. We win. Uh, from Chris, can you do an in depth look at? Well, I'll save this for tomorrow. Chris, I'm going to copy and paste your email for tomorrow's show. Uh, an in depth look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr. From Ted. Uh, who should I hold on to these three rookie-slash-prospect pitchers? Brendan McKay, Zach Gallen, and Jesus Lazardo. I think right now McKay has to be at the top of the list to hold on to, and Lazardo has to be on the top of the list to drop. Lazardo is on the minor league IL now. They wanted to get him up to 100 pitches before they brought him up to the majors. I would not expect to see him before August. Okay. What what do you make of the lack of strikeouts for Brendan McKay? Six and two starts. It's weird because it's not like you can say, yeah, but he's still getting a bunch of swinging strikes. Um, I, it could be just that his stuff hasn't been quite as sharp in his first couple of starts, and it's not anything to worry about, but I, that needs to improve, or he's not going to keep uh, putting up good performances. I don't love the fact that his second best pitch, or like his, I think it might be his best pitch, is a cutter doesn't really feel like a swing-and-miss kind of pitch. Uh, he's, now, McKay has faced the Rangers and Yankees so far, and he's been okay. You know, he's great against the Rangers. He was okay against the Yankees. Actually, thought he was actually pretty kind of crappy, but got lucky. They hit a lot of balls hard. But I just want to look at his Brooks baseball data and see the usages. Um, yeah, four-seam, curveball, cutter. I don't know. Kind of wondering if he's going to be a strikeout pitcher this year but he struck him out in the, in the minors all right next up from no name dear sandler ledger con and hemsworth so that's adam heath who's scott can con who are these people Chris, scott c-a-a-n this is, this is good do you know who that is he's a he's an actor oh i know him no. he was in hawaii 5 on on cbs he was in uh, yeah, Varsity yeah. Blues. Great show. I think he was in Varsity Blues. Where's the question? Uh, give up, grade the trade in a categories league. Give up Garrett Cole, Yandy Diaz, and Hansel Robles. Garrett Cole, Yandy Diaz, and Hansel Robles. Get Adalberto Mondesi, Jose Barrios, and a bum that I would drop for Keston Hira. I, I love it. A minus. What a nice trade. Good job. A minus. All right, grade the trade from John. Give up Dansby Swanson, get Jose Abreu. I have Kingery to replace Swanson. And Correa on the IL, which I think is important, because if he didn't have Correa, I wouldn't like it quite as much. But I'll give it a uh, solid B. Chris wants to hear your thoughts on Wade Miley. Uh, Is Wade Miley undervalued? 
again, this is kind of goes back to like there was some speculation because it's the Astros that they were going to do something with him to turn him into a pitcher that's actually good. I don't believe that's actually happened. He's just doing a great job of outperforming his peripherals for the second year in a row. But if you look at the innings, it's really only about a full season's worth. If he had put up the last two seasons across one season, he would be the headliner for my regression alert column. Um, I I don't have much interest in Wade Miley at all. Well, all right. Let me let me do some some uh, pick your date range math here. Since May 9th, so this would be 11 starts. This is what's encouraging to me about Wade Miley. 63 strikeouts and 62 and a third. You know, it it didn't happen right from the get-go with the Astros because his first seven starts, he wasn't a strikeout pitcher. But I don't know what to make of it because it is now 11 starts with a strikeout printing, only a 10% swinging strike rate, though, in that stretch. See, that's just there's just not enough there for me to actually believe it. Like, if you want to use him against a good matchup, I don't think it's a bad option. He is going six innings more often than I really expected him to. Um, but I just don't really believe it. I, I think it's totally dependent on the matchup. He's a streamer. The last time Wade Miley allowed more than four earned runs in a start was 2017. So <laughs> keep that in mind that he didn't pitch that much in 2018 or so far in 19, you know, but he doesn't kill you. That's well, and like good. Two of his last four starts are five innings, four runs, four and a third innings, three runs. It's not like that means he's been really good all of those starts. Two of his last four starts, you said? Yes. If those are like his, those are his two worst starts of the season. I'm just saying that's a misleading thing to say he hasn't done that since 2017 when he's had bad starts in the last month. He's had three bad starts this year. He usually goes out and gives you a respectable start, Wade Miley. Jerk. He's had more than three bad starts. Oh, oh yeah, let's count them. Four innings, three earned runs in his third start of the season. The two you just mentioned, and maybe the Seattle start. All right, I'll give you that was a bad start. Four bad starts this season. Five innings, three runs, three walks, six strikeouts. It's kind of a bad start. Okay. All okay. right, All right, we, we, we agree. Uh, last one. Grade the trade from Addison in Tampa. Give up Jose Ramirez. No, give up Andrew Benintendi. Get Jose Ramirez. Woof. Like, I know Andrew Benintendi has been disappointing this season. I'd um, do this. I'd rather have Jose Ramirez, I think. I'd rather have Andrew Benintendi. Is Jose Ramirez coming around a little bit? He is. He is. A, a little bit. The, I don't, it's like, the power just doesn't seem like it's there anymore. No, but I don't think that I don't think Andrew Benintendi is going to have more power than Jose Ramirez. Andrew Benintendi might sit sometimes against lefties, and Jose Ramirez has nineteen steals, eighteen steals. I would take Jose. You say yeah, no way, I'll, Jose? I'll take uh, Benintendi. So I'm going to give that a C minus. He had a great June. He had two sixteen in June. That's awesome for Jose Ramirez. Two sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. And he slugged 330. He is not really uh, coming around. I guess he's coming around like the last two weeks because he's batting 273 in July. That is a hot streak, ladies and gentlemen. All right, thank you so much, Heath. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. We'll talk to you then.